What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We recap the American Pro. I was there in person commentating. Solana Lewis and Steve Denovi joined me to recap all the action. We talk about the meet itself, what we liked. We talked a lot about a pro the production. Uh, fantastically produced meet by Micah Marino and the people at A1 Digital. Uh, we talked about some things we would change. And we, of course, talked about the lifting. All the controversy, all the drama on the rap side for men's for females. We just talked about fantastic performances on the rap female side. And, of course, day two with the raw competitors. So, your typical recap episode, hot takes, analysis, thoughts, opinions from Steve DeNovi, Solana Lewis, and myself. So make sure you're subscribing to Two White Lights on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Leave a five-star rating on both. On Apple Podcasts, you can leave a review. Tell us how much you like the show. Leave a review. Make sure it's five stars. Also, twowhitelights.com. You can subscribe there. And on YouTube as well. We do drop YouTube episodes and we will probably do it for this one because it makes the most amount of sense. And without further ado, here it is, Two White Lights. Yeah, just saying it's time to get some perks here. Ooh, baby, I like it, bro. And as promised, we have a recap. And this is going to be a fun recap. I'm joined by Steve DeNovi and Solana Lewis. We just saw the American Pro took place last week. I was there in person in Manassas, Virginia. And we got a lot to, to talk about. Steve, Solana, I'm going to start with Steve here. How did you enjoy the meet just by watching on the live stream? It was good. Uh, I honestly, I didn't get to actually listen to much of your commentating because we were actually having a party that day. But I, I, with all my, my wife's work friends from the hospital, I still had uh, it streaming on her TV the whole day so I could watch it. Um, Production-wise, fantastic. I mean, that was the single best produced untested meat we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, that was the first one that ever lived up to, to the standard that, like, I mean, USAPL is set. Everyone's been chasing USAPL. Um, IPF, I would say there's two IPF and at least in live stream, not so much like their actual meat setup. We're talking kind of like video walls and graphics and display and lighting and stuff like that, but singular single best produced meat. It seemed like everything went well. It didn't seem like there was live stream issues of it going in and out. There wasn't graphic display issues. There weren't camera issues. Um, you might be able to say if there's anything, but at least for me, production wise with the meat, that was the first time untested has ever actually lived up to the hype. Yeah, I think with the live stream, um, people were complaining that a lot of deadlift openers were cut out, but it's an eight-hour live stream, so that kind of stuff's going to happen. Um, just And it's actually kept to a relative minimum to, based on what I've experienced in the past. So, yeah, deadlift openers are cut out. Some deadlifts cut out. It happens when you're running a live stream for eight hours. I mean, professional sports do not go on that long. Solana, how about you? Yeah, I agree with Steve. That was definitely the best one tested me I've ever seen production-wise. Um, I was nervous about it because I knew that there's a lot of hype leading into it, and mm -hmm. Mike was talking about it a lot. But 
he did deliver in terms of the quality of the live stream. I loved how they had like the red behind the people walking out. So it was clear to see them. Um, just, yeah, everything looks pretty good. So I think they have a lot to live up to next year in terms of production, but yeah, most good. I thought most definitely better than USAPL uh, Mega Nationals as far as live stream goes. Just way, way Oh, better. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, because you're that saying like trash. chasing the USAPL, but I mean, if you take their best product recently, the USAPL wins. Virginia Pro, actually, I think it was in, I think it was in coordination for a lot of people at the shop and A1 Digital working together to make that video, the video wall and the live stream work into that crystal clear quality um, that powerlifting needs. And, I mean, you don't really get, like, other sports talking about this, but we need to talk about it for powerlifting because it is important. They delivered upon a professional product for the live stream. Um, they did a fantastic job with that. I think uh, I think it was – it rivaled the Virginia Pro because I think Steve would agree. I think Solana, you would too because you were part of that. That was probably the best produced live stream meet we saw, even trumping, you know, the Arnold uh, and USAPL Mega Nationals. So – you know, those two pretty much hand-in-hand. -hand. Really, you're trying to improve upon, I think, something that's really good, like top tier. So as long as you keep a top tier, that's great. It just then it comes down to the lifting and actual event itself. So it looks like we're getting there as a, um, as a sport. For me, being there live, that was the best live venue to have a meet. Hands down, you can't get any better than that. They had a jumbotron over the lifting as opposed to behind the lifting. Um, the venue was small, which is actually really good for powerlifting. It was a venue where they have like mixed martial arts fights and concerts. Mm -hmm. So it was a professional sports atmosphere, and it was easy viewing experience. The commentator's booth was the best seat in the house because you got to see the sea of people and the lifting take place in person. So that was awesome. And then for me, personal favorite, when I got, went outside into the lobby, there was a fully stocked bar and two TVs showing the live stream. This is Now that is what the sport needs. A TV, a bar where you can watch powerlifting, cheer it on, have a beer while you are spectating the meet. Not just in person, but outside. It makes for a totally different viewing experience. It makes for a lot of fun. You get to converse with other people. It's like a sports bar. If you guys are a big sports fan, going to sports bars is fun. You watch the game, you're with other fans, you're talking with them, you're bullshitting about the game, you're getting into arguments. That was going on at the meet. Best live experience I've ever been to. Uh, trumping USAPL Mega Nationals, I think. Um, I, it's hard to, like, top USAPL Mega Nationals as far as the amount of people there and amount of competitors there because it's a 1,000 actual competitors there. Uh, like, 2019, that was a special atmosphere. But you throw 2019 with a bar, a sports bar showing a nice high-resolution live stream, things are going to go fantastic. So um, that was my favorite part of it, just that live experience. I think my only yeah. thing about the viewing experience was I could hear like the actual MC really loud. Mm -hmm. So you guys were yelling over him and I could tell you guys were yelling. And that was kind of like, okay, I'm trying to make sure I listen to just you guys. And you just hear bleep, 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 yeah. bleep, 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 bleep from the guy in the back. Yeah, and I'm you, like, okay. you heard, this is a big goddamn motherfucker right here. Motherfucker is going to listen to motherfucking weights. And I'm like, all right, let's chill it, guys. And I guess we can get to right now as far as things would change, unless Steve, you got something to add. I got, yeah, I got one more thing to say is that this is kind of an odd year that we did not have a solidified meet in Untested that was the meet. We had the Kern for a while. Then we kind of had the Pioneer open that then turned into the showdown. 
And then since the showdown's gone, and then the, the, there's that weird split with USPA and WRPF now trying to both do their own pro series, it's kind of like, what was going to be the best meet? Was it going to be hybrid? Was it going to be Ghost Clash? Was it going to be the American Open? Was it going to be the USAPA, USPA Pro Raw? Now, we still have to see the USPA Pro Raw, but like, if I'm a betting man, I'm saying that this was the meet, and this will be the meet in coming years, and will probably even be better next year, because once the people see that this was the meet – this is the one that everyone's going to be hyping up going into next year. And well, well, it's always about how long can these go on? I hope it can go on forever. And it's always been this, the issue on the untested side is we, we have the meet for three or four years, then kind of funding or the hype it wears out or there's politics and it switches around. So hopefully it can keep it up because this was the, the best attempt, not attempt, but best success at being the meet on the untested side. We've seen likely thus far since maybe going back to like raw unity. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I think there's a potential there for turning into Raw Unity, but that'll bring to the next point there as far as things that we want to see change. I think just the first thing, too long of a meet. It's eight hours long. You know, you're trying to create a professional product. No professional sports is eight hours long. It's really hard to keep track with everything. I was at the meet. It's hard to keep track with all the lists that are taking place. We had to take breaks as commentators. So if you're a fan of it, trying to watch the meet... It's difficult, I think, if they raise the totals or the uh, the dots formula, the qualifiers to get into this meet and limiting the amount of people, that will help. But I do know that you need people to sign up for the meet and pay for the meet in order for you to have a bigger cash payout and also to you know, fund the venue that you have, which is a really good one, but also a really expensive one. So I don't know if there's a solution to that problem. Um, Solano, two sessions. Which, two sessions? Yep. This goes back. This goes back to the raw nationals thing too. Like you, you want competitors because competitors bring themselves, they bring family, they bring friends, they bring their coaches, which means then we have more spectators to be there on top of the spectators who are just watching. Um, it's good to have that many people, but uh, two sessions. I mean, that is something that I don't think anyone can argue that USAPL has perfected and it works way better. Is that there should be two sessions and two flights in each session, and there should be one of those sessions that's the prime time session, as well as. I'm, I'm going to lump this in with this topic as it goes with it. Uh, with that being said, there needs to be the primetime flight. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to multiple people about this. I mean, we're even, as we discuss this, we're not going to talk about any battles, really. We're just going to talk about individual performances, which has continued to be what is untested lifting, is individual performances, not actually direct competition. Now, with that being said, I, I don't want to say there's a ton of direct competition. We would have seen a little bit more, but like we, we need to have John Hack, uh, Jawan Garrison, Zach Myers, and Derek Thistleweight in the same flight, not in three different flights, because then there's no competition. It's just individual lifting. So making sure we are at, we're not doing by weight class when the when the meets a dots based meet dots dots based meet. We need to be doing uh, flights by dots. Then if that's what the actual scoring is based off of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I you think- took the I'm out. <laughs> yeah, we saw, we saw that a hybrid. You know, we had, there was a primetime flight, and it was really good. It was it worked really well. I think the I think the organization of hybrid in combination with the American Pro would make for an, an unbelievable experience for a lifter and for a fan. Um, because I think both of them knocked it out of the park with what they did. Um, but yeah, that primetime flight or getting the lifters on one flight, and I think you even had the head battles too. I mean, it's just you will get some. You will get some out of this as well, and it just makes things easier. Um, and, and it is also for the lifter, too. It's, there's a competitive advantage going later than the lifter. Being in another flight as that lifter, you do have a massive competitive edge over that person. Um, 
Solana, one thing you mentioned was kind of the MC dripping into the live stream. I wouldn't have any problems with that if the MCs were not swearing every other word. Um, that was one thing I would change going into it. I understand why it's done. WRPF allows it, um, but it's one of those things, if you allow it, people think that you need to do it, that it's a must. Like, you allow swearing, so that means you always have to swear. And that's, no, it, it, it gets repetitive. It loses shock value. If you say fuck 17 times in a matter of three minutes, fuck no longer is a fun word. It just becomes a word. It becomes another word. And a lot of people are expressing that just in the audience. Like, hey, we have uh, like our kids here and stuff. Like it's, I mean, it's like, it's, they're, they're, it's like, is this really, you know, what to do? And also... Hussam, Micah, and everyone involved, they're really good MCs. They get the crowd into it. They talk very nicely about the lifters. There's certain things they say, which I wouldn't say, but they did a good job. I think they bought a lot of energy. They were electric. Um, the, it was just like too much cussing going on, on the platform. It sounds hypocritical on my end. Uh, I do swear quite a bit on the podcast, but... I don't really swear on the commentary as much. If you there's there's some slips here and there, but you don't watch a professional sporting event and Ernie Johnson is talking to Shaquille O'Neal. It's like, man, that's one big motherfucker at center, huh? Like it'll it'll throw people off. It'll knock people off. Like it'll knock. It will actually like turn off some people if they did that. And if you're trying to create a professional product, you can't have that. If you're trying to sell it to network television, that's what I think of professional products if you're trying to sell something to network television you have to remove the commentary if that's the case because they can't they will not allow it on cbs sports espn uh nbc abc they will not allow it on that stuff so you have to you know minimize it i understand i'm why sure it's a goal it. for next year huh What's I mean, obviously a1 yeah. digital i'm sure that's a goal for next year because obviously a1 digital has worked with espn and the multiply scene um this would be for powerlifting a much better product to get in there but oh, it yeah. would have to be a product that has the language that would be allowed on espn yeah for sure um so i mean i guess that would be just that's a very small change too easy change not saying fuck and shit and goddamn and all these and and using the lord's name in vain even though it's not like the worst swear that they said throughout the day if you say goddamn on espn they're like no you can't know people are gonna no. get really upset about that man so that's that's my whole thing. No, I fully agree. It's like it's simple. If you want to be on TV eventually, you can't have that. Mm. Make it not allowed. Literally ban it. Ban it. So it's that simple. I, I'm okay. I'm more okay with the lifter saying swear words on the platform as opposed to the people announcing the meet. That's yeah, a distraction. Professional sports. Professional yeah. sports. Some lifters slip up. You, you you hear the you hear the sound go off for a second, but yeah, the broadcasters never say it. Yeah, or at least usually don't. Yeah, and then you get a warning or something for swearing. Like, that's fine to me. Like, when, when you know, lifters get punished for swearing, I'm like, okay, sometimes it's an involuntary thing. You swear when you miss a lift or something. But the announcer screaming it at you as you're yeah. lifting is, to me, it would be a distraction. But, you know, a lot of people watching the live stream and in attendance were like, yeah, they went a little bit overboard with it. Um, even the sports that are rough around the edges, like UFC, boxing, even their pay-per-views where you could swear all you want, they don't really do it because it's, distracting it's it's uh it's and, and it, like i said it just kind of loses the value once you said it but um anything else yeah again i think those are 
relatively fast changes or easy changes? If we're just talking about the live stream changes, that's it. If we're talking about the meet, we can get to that later, right? Yeah, I mean, it would happen. Yeah, would we get would we would we go into that as we're doing the uh, the analysis here? I know. I think we got a couple. I think. Well, no, I think we got. I got two more that we'll probably be touched on now. There's okay. another one that we'll do once we get the analysis. Okay. So, well, I'll bring it? I'll bring it up. This is kind of part of the analysis. So I'll I'll touch on one of them quickly. Um, it won't happen because I can understand that we need to have this, but. At this point, I'm just ready to just cancel wrapped lifting. We can just call it the new multiply, and we don't need to have it. Um, it I, is a, it's a, it's, it's not a good product. I um, think the quality of wrapped lifting is garbage. Um, <laughs> and I would love for all of untested just to go raw, just like all of tested has gone raw, so that we can have the best competing as the best and not dilute it, and then have one third of the meat be these people that are doing standards that wouldn't pass at a single ply meat. Okay. Uh, we could segue right into the rap day then, if that's the case, because we could just well, no, talk about it. I that was my quick touch, and we'll use that. Okay. We'll come back around to it. My actual one <laughs> oh. is the fact that uh, I'm hearing a lot of that there might be a tested day next year. Okay, mm -hmm. and I think I, and I've talked to a lot of people about it on the untested side and given them my, my and I believe our um, kind of critiques on that. And once I did, they're like, "Oh yeah, that that might not work out well." And the fact that, like, if you think that because that me American Pro is amazing, but because it was amazing doesn't mean a bunch of USAPL lifters want to come over because that's the standard we have already. That's what we get mm -hmm. three, four times a year. This isn't, I mean, not to say that the American Pro wasn't great, but, like, that's already what exists. The, the production doesn't mean that all of a sudden these USAPL lifters want to come over and do this. Like, if in, in reality, IPF, I would say, is more enticing to them. Yeah. Uh, as well as... Barring you could put up some major cash prize, the fact is most of the people that kind of switch over sometimes, like an Ashton or maybe like a Rondell, the people that do this occasionally, they're not wanting to go win a tested meet. If, if they're going to leave the USAPL, they're wanting to go compete against the other strongest people because Ashton doesn't use PEDs as or no PEDs as an excuse not to be the strongest there is. I think if Ashton goes over, he just wants to beat the best people and he's just going to go compete in the, un in the untested side, which I think is the majority of the tested lifters. If they're going to go do this meet, they're going to go on the untested side, not just go do get an easy win on the tested side and take home a little bit of cash. They're going to go compete against the best. Cause I mean, if I'm looking at dots on the raw side, there's multiple USAPL lifters that could have gone over on the raw side and, and arguably been in that top five. Um, so I, I would, I would strongly recommend against the test today because I, I don't think that's all of a sudden going to pull a bunch of USAPL lifters over. Um, if they want to do this meet, they do it in general and they do the untested side and not the tested side. hundred percent. I think like the real solution is just personally invite people you want that are on USAPL and just see if they come. Like just personally invite them because why would you do this meet when if you're in the USAPL and you want to be in the pro series because people who you want competing in it, right? People in the pro series, you already have to do two of those meets a year. Two, right? So now if they happen to do a third one and if you're really strong, do you really want to do three meets a year? Maybe, but maybe not. Are you going to, going to use it, that third meet on a WRPF meet to win 2,500 bucks against tested people who are probably weaker than the USAPL people? No. We could just go over to USPA for that. We could go to AAPF for that. Like, you can go anywhere and, and beat everybody and cream them. So that just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. If anything, they would go over to PLA meets if they really want to do something different. 
Yeah, that's. I, I think. I, I think the proof is in that North American drug tested meat that had a bunch of money up for grabs. No one did it. Mm. There was that North USPA drug tested. Like I don't know what it was. It was pretty, Jawan won it. Yeah. No USA USAPL people went and did it. They don't. They don't. They don't care if they were gonna. If they're gonna go to the USPA or WRPF. They're gonna do it to go keep compete against the best untested people. Yeah. I agree with you on that. We're just talking about like not making or making the meat a little bit more exclusive. Adding more lifters to that doesn't make it more exclusive. I think it dilutes it just a little bit. Um, I, I can the situation I can see is if you I, we were talking about it with Showdown last year, right? What will happen if you just turn that meat into the raw unity or do something similar where you invite those people and go against the untested side of powerlifting where the USAP almost promotes it? Like, yeah, there's a pro-American meat. It's a big meat. We're going to send our best USAPL lifters against those type of lifters and see what plays out. Then I think there's an incentive to do that. They'll just be combined in with the uh, tested lifters. But I think, yeah, there's and now there's this, there's a lot of tested federations. There's Powerlifting America, which is a, uh, a, a pipeline into world competitions. And there's now, and there's always been USAPL. I mean, it's, I think adding one more into that isn't really going to help Maybe I again. It's it going to be lifters who are already in those federations, like the people who really prefer the deadlift bar, the people who really prefer the squat bar, the monolift. They already are there. Like we're not doing those federations because we prefer actually the, the stiff bar. Maybe some of us have a uh, a curiosity for the specialty bars and the squat bar, the deadlift bar, and the monolift. But still, it's where the competition is. I can see tested lifters going there if it turns into something like the raw unity was that would be my only or that would be the the way i could see more tested lifters doing it and you can only do yeah, like you said, that, lifters, that, if you do power of the american you're fucked. you can't you can't do that yeah and i agree with what you're saying what you're saying is like that that wouldn't be having yeah, a tested meat. that would be just having Here's the meat, and we'll send a group of tested lifters over to yep. compete against the untested people. So this this isn't like trying to like bash anything. This is just letting letting Micah and everyone know, kind of from the tested side, like we're just giving the advice that it, it probably will not attract very many people. We, if, if people want to go over, they're just going to go to the untested side and compete against the best people there. Yeah, and then if you're talking about production too, you know we're talking about this meat, but Sheffield's also coming up as well, which I could probably put some money on. That's going to be. The same type of venue, same type of live stream experience. And if I'm going to put money on it, it's going to be probably the best thing we've seen in powerlifting. Um, yeah. So, and like that's yep. going to, and that's going to incentivize USAPL lifters to do another federation. But I don't think it's going to be a tested or an untested federation that's going to get them curious. But let's move on to the lifting. So, day one, wrap lifting. I. Still have high hopes for rap lifting in the sense that if you have it one day and only you're watching rap lifting, to me it's still entertaining and I think there's some value in it. Um, but at this meet, I think the immediate headline, at least with squats, was no one got real gifts. Um, there was a few here and there that were close, but if you squatted high in training... You did not do well at this meet. Um, I think it was a 13% bomb out rate for one flight, which is incredibly high. Shout out Steven Singleton, I think, with that stat. or The winner of our last uh, draft or dynasty draft, which I call bullshit. Solana, uh -oh. I thought you were mm -hmm. going to win. You never did a Steve versus Steven. 
Because I don't, don't know want the to. true winner. I don't want to. Because uh, I thought Solana had the <laughs> best meet, uh, best team. I don't team. know. That was well, weird. Yeah, Solana won no, that one. Because Solana that's, did. That's, yeah, Solana, Solana had the best did. team. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, thir- a 13% bomb out rate. That means you weren't getting away with stuff. Actually, a lot of the squats made the judges' life a lot easier because they just weren't getting out of the hole because they were sinking their squats so low and they couldn't get any rebound out of it. So, like, Phil, uh, Philip Perdon, he just didn't complete a squat and – the judges really didn't have to make any close calls or anything or, or really, you know, have to three red light someone. So as far as squat depth, uh, things were called relatively strict. But I think the 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 big uh, the big storyline on that day was mixed in with some controversy, and that was on the rep men's side. So Blakely Hugh ended up winning. Andrew House got second. Chad Penson got third. And he could really make the argument that Chad Penson should have won that meet. Uh, yes, you can. Oh, you want to go? I would argue they all got their gifts fairly. <laughs> Explain that, uh, Steve. It, uh, Chad's squat was high, his second squat. I disagree with you on that one. I could see it being called high, but the fact that he got white lights for it, I always thought it was close enough where if he got a white light... It, it wasn't a, It wasn't a, as egregious as LaHue and House's deadlift, but <laughs> yeah. I, I don't... I don't think if I'm looking at all three of them, I don't think any of them performed to a level that was like they got they got uh, the meat stolen from them. None, none of them had a great meat. All no, of them missed lifts. I, none of them executed very well. I would I would say Look. though, with all things considered, Chad had I think the raw I think the rawest deal out of all of them. Uh, <laughs> they misloaded his third squat by. An insane amount was it? hundred pounds, almost fifty kilos. Oh my lord! Yeah, I watched it. I didn't I watched see it. a video of them misloading it. They have I, a special video of just the misload. Did you guys notice it during the live stream or live? Because I was, I, I didn't notice it until like the next flight, which is usually a you know a, a very bad sign. It, I, he, oh, he got stapled by the weight. And I'm like, ooh, I'm like, I don't know how. I'm like, he usually controls those squats really well. Well, he didn't know it was 1063 on his back and not uh, and not what he actually put in. I, I forgot what he actually did put in. Was it 972? Was his uh, plan third? I got to check that one. Um, it was 953. 953. So 953 and also another lifter in that flight, uh, Joey uh, Karasi, he also got his squat misloaded. So it was two straight misloads. So that was, that set the competition in a loop there. But again, as second squat, I thought it was close enough where he can get a white light. All of his squats are close. I think in wrap squats, he gets more white lights because they're, I think they're used to borderline squats and they usually are on the side of the lifter for wrap squats. Raw squats, he does not get those white lights. Uh, he usually gets those reds. So I, I'm going to disagree with you, Steve. Well, I don't think that was a gift here, enough here's where I'll get, comparatively to the here's other where I'll gifts. Give you- Here's where I'll give you that Penson should have won is that Penson should legitimately put up a total because his first attempt was deep. Uh, Andrew House and Blake LaHue should have both bombed out on deadlifts. Okay. And Andrew House's third attempt squat had assistance. I, yeah. It sucks because I fully, believe, I fully believe he had that squat, but it doesn't matter. It's blatantly in the rule book. If the spotter assists you with the weight, that is a yellow card. And he shouldn't have touched it, but he believed. You saw it lift I, on the side. He touched it. You saw it lift. I okay. Watching that video again, I sound like an apologist right now, which is crazy on my end. 
You do. I. It was so close. I don't know if I could call it as a judge. It was close. Oh, you. It was. Close. You are a blind. You are a no. blind <laughs> human being. Hold Bro, on. What do you no. mean? Bullshit. Hold on, Steve. Also, actually, also, Go, I'm gonna actually defer all uh, Andrew House uh, disagreements to Solana because I don't. I don't. Would he hit a woman? <laughs> Will he throw me across the room? If we have Solana say all negative Hold things, on. Well, wait till we get to the deadlift. Will happen. Wait till we get to the deadlift. But <laughs> did you guys see? Use all right, Steve. You sent me the replay of it. That was one of the most egregious spotters touching me a weight in a good lift I've ever Did you see it on the live ever. stream? Did you see it live? And I'm saying on first glance. I don't know if you can with a mono. I don't know if you okay, can. Okay, that's my point. So that's my point. You can't go back. I agree with you. I thought it was touched. I thought it was assisted. I'm saying in real time, if I don't know if I could call that just because it's so goddamn close and it's such a fucking shitty thing to happen. You know, like you had to single out that spotter and being like, you touched it. You costed uh, someone for a huge thousand pound squat because of you, that one person. I just don't know live if I can make that call. Were you showing me the replay? Yes, I agree. But I don't know if I can make that red light call. Maybe if I was in that judge's seat, I could see it clearly enough where I'm like, I have to do it. But. I don't know. I, it's yeah, a, I kind of get what you're saying. Yes, as a judge, you might not see yeah. that, but if you see it, it's a red light. Oh, like, I, it's, I yeah. it's like <laughs> on the live stream, I didn't see it, and I don't think you guys I will did say too, like right. Well, because the live stream completely blocked exactly. it. So I could, exactly. So a judge, a judge though, you can see it. <laughs> but and I will you, say like the judge on the opposite side probably oh, wouldn't see that, and so it, I could see one red light it, and still it passing. But can you though? So you saw the judges. Brandon Rojo was on all fours looking at the hip crease. Can you see the side judge touching the red, uh, one of the yes. red plates as a bump from that angle? Can you? You're saying you can. Yeah, all right. Front judge. The front uh, judge. Maybe he can't. The front judge would have seen it. And if we get, we'll get to the jury thing in a bit, but that's <laughs> where you could have had a, uh, a, uh, a, uh, a, a, a jury overturning. Yeah. Uh, but yes, either way, that wasn't, I like Solana said, he, he was getting that lift anyways. I don't think he was missing that lift. <laughs> hey, Solana What'd said. I say? Just blame Solana it all on Solana. <laughs> Solana said uh, this, not Steve. No, no one else said it but Solana. <laughs> yeah, Solana is saying everything about Andrew House in this podcast. Um, so... Yeah, he, he was probably hitting it anyways. But the fact of the matter is, yeah. is they touched it. It was it was it was come deadlifts where the uh, the uh, the drama happened. Yeah, the controversy ensued. Um, it really started with Blake LeHue's deadlift because the whole rap day, um, and we're, we'll get onto the females soon. But the whole rap day was good officiating wise. There was. There was complaints of inconsistency on bench, but it was inconsistent because they switch out judges. So that's where you're getting inconsistency. It's a long meet. It's four flights. You're not going to get the same judges in the same position the entire time. You're just not going to get that. And I actually agreed with most of the calls. Um, I thought they were relatively strict. I thought they were fair, though. And they were consistent enough. Um, again, this whole inconsistency when there's literally no consistency on the platform. It drives me insane. Like, it's going to change from flight to flight. It just is. But then deadlifts, they were consistent. They were giving white lights to everyone, seemingly. 
and they just so happen to be the wrong calls. So it started with Blake LeHue's deadlift. He did the Blake LeHue thing, miss his first deadlift, which I called on the live stream. I, I think I said he was going to miss his first deadlift. He did. Um, second was closer. He has an, a very difficult deadlift to hold. He has to extend, so he has to hold it longer. He's got to keep his balance for longer. He's got to control the whip. It's a difficult deadlift, especially with the weights. He's well over 800 pounds at 82 and a half. Insanity. Third attempt was the big one. He had yeah. to hit that lift to win the meet, to win the money, get first overall, and also stay in the meet. If he missed it, he bombed. Right off the bat, I'm red lighting that lift. If you guys want to watch a replay, you can. On the live stream, Garrett called it immediately, which Garrett took the you know the bulk of the criticism for um, you know some of the negative feedback going towards the judges and you know the lifters' deadlifts. Even on replay, I could understand where you're going to get one white light because the head judge gave the down command. Now, I don't agree it should have been that quick. I thought they gave the down command awfully quick, but you're going to get one white light guaranteed. I am uh, not. Uh, no. You're not? That is where, no. That is where I'm so, <laughs> people saying this, I am so confused because they obviously don't know the rules. A down command does not mean any white lights have to be given. Mm-hmm. Not a single white light by any judge has to be given when you get a down command. Yeah, but a down command means to drop the bar, and you can get three wed lights. Yeah, with getting a down command, oh, a no, down I, command means nothing. I okay, I understand. No, I understand that. Okay, that makes sense. But I I saw from from that center judge's view, he gives a down command. I thought he was going to get one white light guaranteed. And then the other two are up in the air. The fact that he got two white lights made me a little bit more okay of it because it was so close. In but watching the replay, real time, I gave it a red light, and on replay, I gave it a red light too. The only thing I can say is like because he got such a fast down command, which he should not have gotten. I can see how maybe if I was sitting in the chair and it was super fast, I'm questioning like, well, it was so fast. I, maybe it was locked for a second. Like I can see that maybe happening to me the side wrap. That's what happened. I mean, like... that is what happened. <laughs> I don't want to put any judges on the spot, but that's what happened. Exactly that. They were looking at a certain because... thing. And this reminds me of Gruden's deadlift at uh, Mega Nationals. He got two white lights and I watched replay. I'm like, I see a clear up and down motion. And I saw, I believe, a soft lockout, too, resting on the thighs for Gruden. And it was challenged, and it was easily overturned. There's no challenge system. There's no jury system in the untested side. So I think if it was challenged, it would be an easy overturn, uh, especially if you have I, just another three set of eyes looking at it and maybe looking at different things. Uh, I, what Solano, you explained, pretty much happened. They were looking at a certain thing, and it it just was not the right call. It was a, it was a missed call. Yeah. Like, when I first watched it, at first I was like, wait, wait, hold on, that was the white light. And I watched it again, I was like, oh, whoa, oh, oh. <laughs> but I did have to rewatch it. And I was like, okay, okay. all right. <laughs> yeah, I the fact that I had to rewatch it kind of makes me sympathize with the judges because then it's like, okay, I'm using the advantage of replay. They are not. They are going their mm-hmm. first reaction to it. It was at least two white lights. We'll get to the other deadlifts. But, Steve, your thoughts? Do you have any closing thoughts on that at least? Because it gets worse. I kind of already said it. I kind of already said it that a down, 
he 100% did get a down command and went down when they gave him a down command. But it, people are misunderstanding rules. A down command does not mean you get a white light from any judges. It just means you go down. And I, I saw I saw no aspect of that lift, unfortunately. And I we love Blakely Hughes. This isn't against Blake. I mean, it yes. sucks, but that's it. Uh, I, I didn't see any aspect of that lift that was white lights. Yeah. I... I I guess from that center view though, when the judge gave him the down command, it looked like he was fully locked from the front, and then the sides just. Yeah, if, you know. if you want, yeah, if you wanted to give a white from the front, okay, but I, I don't know how the side judges would be giving a a, a white because he honestly the, the head judge did him a disfavor, maybe because I thought he got a down command. I thought the down command came before he ever even locked it out in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he he was still actually trying to finish the lift when he got a down command. Blake is a which is really, actually it's a really hard. Which is actually detrimental because yeah. when you get the down command, that's the end of the lift and when you're judging off of. I saw that a power surge in 2020. The down commands from the center judge were way too fast and was it was fucking up lifters. It was it was really messing them up. Um, I can tell you from experience if you get a quicker down command. It's not a good thing because actually it gives you more room to have errors. If you continuously lock out, you can get a red light for you know up and down motion or a soft lockout if you're holding it a certain or if it throws you off a uh, position when you see the down command. It does mess with you. Blake's a really hard guy though to even like understand where his lockout is and what is his full lockout. He just has that crazy deadlift. Um, but it got worse. They did change judges and I was just very surprised to see the judging for the last flight. It's hard to judge super heavyweight deadlifts. I will say that. But there was a lot of white lights and the big focus was Andrew House's deadlift. Steve on the preview show, you said pretty much all of his deadlifts were soft. I have a feeling I said Solana told me that. <laughs> yes. Solana echoed to Steve that uh, Andrew House, during training and the videos he was showing, deadlift seemed soft. And that was the first thing I was looking at. Same thing with Garrett, was the deadlift lockouts from Andrew House. I thought those were egregiously soft. First one was close. Second one was soft into, it seemed like his chest was hunched forward. Not only his shoulders, his chest. Yeah. And then looking at his knees too, it looks like he's resting on his thighs. Yeah, that, yeah. that side... Solana, Solana shared that side view with me, and I know she immediately was like, "Yeah, it's not really convincing. It still looks soft to me." No, but truly, like, in what world? In what world should that have counted? Like, I, what are we doing? I'm surprised. I, do, and multiply. It was, yeah, it was so <laughs> surprising. I, I just didn't. I there was other ones that you know commentary, which we got some heat for on the commentary. Uh, we'll get to you know the full story on that, but we got some heat on commentary. With a lot of those deadlifts, and some were closer than the others, you know, and we did see some red lights in there. Um, I thought, you know, I thought one of Patrick McGuire's deadlifts was soft. I thought one of Skyler Brandt's deadlifts were soft. I saw, I mean, they all passed, really, unless you didn't complete the movement. That one, I think, was the most egregious out of all of them, that second deadlift. And, I mean, sometimes you could kind of point to things in meets, like, ooh, maybe there's some, some, you know, incentive there's no incentive to just giving those white lights it was just i think missed calls um wrpf seems to struggle with deadlifts if you go back to showdown uh showdown was really good until deadlifts last year as well it was so squat and bench was good deadlifts not good same thing here yeah so and then if you take and then if you um if you take that 
and kind of compared to day two, they fixed it. Like they saw the errors, they put judges in different position, they had different set of judges there, and I thought there was a much better judging on the second day, so they fixed it there. But yeah, and it does, and these things do matter. That's why we have to talk about them. Some people are upset, um, primarily at Garrett because why not? He's a lightning rod. Let's have the lightning rod take the lightning. But there are things you have to call out on commentary and on social media and on any sort of like uh, media outlet like Two White Lights. This means something. Wins mean something. Do not make anyone tell you or do not have anyone tell you otherwise. Placing in a meet where you shouldn't have placed because of missed calls sucks. It's not good for the sport and it's not good for the other lifters who are competing alongside you. That's the biggest issue. For me, Chad Penson should have won this meet. Blake LeHugh. Should have bombed out. Andrew House, I think, could have retook his set first and got a white light lift, but he should not have been second. You know, and these are all-time world records we're talking about. These are records. These are rankings. This means something to lifters. They can tell you it doesn't mean anything. It does. It matters in every sport. If you were a competitor, you don't want to get cheated out of anything and or a missed call by the referee. And that's what happened at this meet. So that's why we talk about it. Because it is a problem. It is an issue in the sport. Did I just wrap yeah. it up perfectly? Yeah, you did. That we're not even close. And it, it, it's a bad product. It, it was just simply a bad product of that, that rap day in the sense of a lot of lifters. Because we talked about, we talked about in the preview show, like, like how terrible some of the standards were in training. They were terrible. We saw exactly what we expected. Andrew House doesn't lock out. 315 in training, let alone when he tries to deadlift 900 plus. I, I that's a fundamental error. That's a fundamental error in his technique overall because he tries to do an overly rounded back position and he never actually locks out. What makes me sad is that I listened to Micah on a preview show and he was like, yeah, we had all the referees looking at all the big, the bigger lifters. So they can kind of learn a technique and see what they're doing well and wrong. What happened? What do you mean? It was just that. What? It was just that one. It was because they were like, he is being truthful in that. They were looking at that. And I guess they thought that was a good deadlift. I, again, it's WRPF is me to it's a federation in its infancy. So the judging is not as strong as USPA, USAPL, IPF and all that. Cause I, there's not a whole lot of a big vetting. The, you know, national level, world level. You don't really have that as much as WRPF. I just, from the front angle, from the side angle, it just looked like a not good deadlift. And I think they were looking closely. There was a different set of judges uh, for the most part for those deadlifts. And that's where I think you get some of the calls. I think some of the other judges, if they were judging um, at that time, you would have seen some more red lights being handed out. And yeah, that was... The unfortunate situation there, and I know we're talking a lot about this, but this did bring up the interesting conversation of potentially getting a jury involved in WRPF meets, and this is my hot take. I don't know if the untested side is mature enough to handle a jury system. Evidence being Andrew House launching Garrett Fear across the room like a fucking child after he said his deadlift was soft on commentary. I'm going to tell you right now, if you listen to commentary in retrospect, maybe it pisses you off. In the moment of competition to celebrate with your friends and potentially family, and then hear your lift is actually a red light lift from a challenge from another coach or athlete, would really piss off a lot of people, and I don't know if they're able to handle that. 
I am all for it for the reason that we it, we would. So you said that was an MMA uh, venue. We could have that immediately following every single jury uh, table thing is, is have them fight each other because, oh, yeah, they wouldn't be able to handle it one single bit. I would it needs to happen. I would love to see it, but no gosh darn way are they going to be able to handle the fact of people challenging their list because they don't under. I'm just going to be frank. The untested side doesn't understand direct head-to-head competition. They don't. They don't treat it like a sport. They treat it like I'm an individual. I did this as an individual. You can't do anything about it. Versus understanding like, no, you're you're competing against other people in a direct sport. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. That it, it would be hilarious. Yeah, this is tough. I, it's like I want to see it, but you're not wrong. But realistically, well, can't we just like, I don't know, protect the jury or something? There's clear evidence. I mean, it's not the jury. It could be the coaches, right? Like, because this did happen. I mean, come on. It happened to the USAPL side last year. Gavin was not happy that Joey challenged his call. He can say whatever he wants. He was not happy that he called it a bitch move on the podcast. I know he, you know, yeah. he said just challenging other lifters, lifts in general is a bitch move, but he was pissed off at it. Of course. People get pissed off at that, but they get pissed off more so at the coaches and the person doing it. People were criticizing Steve in the audience for challenging Gruden's deadlift, even though he really didn't get to challenge it. They called it Bush League. It does happen on the untested. It does happen on the tested side, but I don't know. Maybe there's certain things on the untested side and tested side that they do differently. Potentially the her- hormonal imbalances. Maybe that that's kind of my issue here is you know having yeah. that on the untested side and then the conflicts that you might have with a coach i mean if you hate garrett fear he handles people at meets imagine he was the one that put down a hundred dollars to challenge another lifter's lift he would get launched beforehand not after the competition at the after party so i don't uh, know <laughs> i am gonna, i would I'm, love I'm, to see it i don't know how it would go well i can see I'm it semi go. i'm semi backtracking but uh i do want to notate bad journalism Andrew House can indeed lock out 315. I'm looking at his list. It is notably different anything over 800 versus over 800. Okay. Yeah, it was when it's really under 800, smart for you to When see. it's under 800, he can get his shoulders back. When it's over 800, he does not. His shoulders roll forward on him. That was really and smart if, if correcting people, yourself. Very smart. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> continue. If it's, sorry. But, but understand, if untested people didn't know, your shoulders do have to be locked back. Yeah. Like, that was the big they, one. For they me. can't be. They, they can't be rounded for that. I mean, that's that's the easiest. Like that, call that's for a rule. Me. That's the easiest call for me is the shoulders. Um. Yeah, but it was very smart backtracking yourself. That. Well, you know what, Steve? Like, I guess I'll share the story now. Um, because Garrett, uh, a lot of people were asking questions about this. I was there uh, watching it. Um, so after the raw. Uh, meet took place. There was an after party where they gave out the checks and the awards and all that stuff to the top lifters of the day. You know, pretty cool environment. You know, all of us are drinking, people are competing. So then uh, we're at a table with like four or five lifters and we saw Andrew House kind of walk up to the venue and one of the lifters was like, oh shit, Andrew House is coming and it's about to get fucking tense. And I'm like, guys, it's fine. Nothing's going to happen. He's just going to sit down. Maybe Garrett will, you know, talk to him. Nothing's going to happen. And he was like, weren't you on commentary too? You know, wouldn't he be pissed off at you too? I'm like, yeah, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't know who I am. So I'm just going to avoid that confrontation entirely because I'm not going to win that fight. 
So, of course, Andrew House comes into the venue, sits down, and Garrett Fear, with that shit-eating grin on his face, makes a beeline right towards him. And I'm like, it's fine, guys. Nothing's going to happen. Garrett's going to charm him, make him laugh or something. So, it didn't seem like Andrew was amused at all. (laughs) Garrett walking up. And I just hear a little bit of a conversation. I'm not part of the conversation. There's no reason for me to be in it. Um, they're going back and forth and I tell the table again, I'm like, guys, nothing's going to happen. It's powerlifting. No one does shit. So I went to go buy a beer. And then as I was putting my card down, I see, ta- I see tables and chairs on the floor and Garrett was also on the floor. And immediately I was like, oh shit, did Garrett get like popped, like punched in the face and got like, cause that's, you know, scary situation. Fucking get brain dead from that. And even though Garrett doesn't need that. Um, But to Garrett's credit, popped right back up and, you know, gave Andrew House a shove. People got in between them. Garrett, of course, is talking shit out out the door, saying some funny things. You know, Garrett, uh, I guess, you know, getting, you know, thrown like a baby doesn't really uh, affect his quips or anything like that. And, yeah. That pretty much ended it, and then Garrett came back into the venue and still, you know, was doing the typical Garrett thing of talking shit and, you know, making people laugh. But I just remember sitting down to Garrett and being like, it finally happened. It finally happened to you. All these years that I've known you, somebody said they were going to lay hands on you at a meet, and in 2022 it happened. Somebody actually did it. The streak is over. Somebody got their hands on Garrett Fear. Nothing really happened. I mean, it was only shoves. But, yeah, Garrett said that was the uh, hardest and furthest he's ever been tossed um, from a shove. So, congratulations, Andrew House there. Yeah, and Garrett, Garrett likes to be tossed around, so that's, that's yeah. saying something. <laughs> well, Wait, sorry. Could, correct, correct me if you, did you say Garrett went up to him and approached him? Yes. Okay, that changes my mind a little bit on because I, I was gonna say like I, I if Andrew just started this that was one of the most childish things I ever heard but the fact that Garrett went up and started no, it no no yeah, Garrett okay, yeah, never mind. Garrett had a shit on his face beeline up tried to explain exactly himself what was coming to and it. yeah and though currently there was a, this is again I, Garrett you were invited to come on the podcast you're driving to Ohio so I have to give a regurgitated story of what happened you know of course there's a bit of an alpha situation and I think Andrew told him to fuck off. And Garrett is like, nah, I'm going to sit right here. And then that's when something happened there. Uh, to Garrett's credit, he did right. get up and, you know, didn't back down. But that was it. It was just some shoving there. And the entire time, I'm like, I'm like, shit. He, I'm like, he doesn't know I exist, right? I'm like, we're cool. <laughs> I'm like, he doesn't know. I'm, I told Garrett, I'm like, it's great if you just get all the trouble and, you know, have to face people uh through hand-to-hand combat after meets because i'm not doing this shit there's no fucking way it's a fight well, because you didn't beeline and go talk crap again like i said like i, I still love gary yeah. but like <laughs> like that completely changed know. my mind of this so situation i don't know i don't I know if you want to go talk to him anyway i can't fault andrew in any way shape or form I, oh I'm my one. god why can't you like what no, you, five I, years old? Like, I get can't, over it. I can't. Well, no, if someone comes into your face and starts confronting you, you I don't, have the right. Okay. If it was if it was Andrew confronting Garrett and starting it, then that's a different well, story. Okay, though, to I'll I will defend Garrett again. There was back and forth on social media. Garrett, I don't think, came up to him and like tried to talk shit. I thought he tried to like 
go there and be like, hey, man, I'm not scared of you, but also, like, you know, this is something that he's used to, and he's going to explain his piece, potentially explaining himself to him. I don't think he went up to him and just talked a bunch of shit. I think it was trying to, like, either charm him and make him laugh, but at the same time, I don't know. This is a telephone story. I think you should be able to compose yourself there. Look, at the same time, the way Andrew was on social media was, was I mean, yeah, there, there's nothing more he wants than for the six people that thinks that lift was actually good to like jerk him off. So <laughs> all I know is I Solana. Why would you it. say that? <laughs> why would you say that, Solana? What? <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely your voice. I'm kidding. Continue. Yeah, you were trying <laughs> to mimic me. <laughs> I was going to say, all I know is I checked open powerlifting. It says he's 24, not four. So there's no oh. excuse for the foolishness. All right. But whatever. All right. Well, that was Solana's. Uh, that no. was Solana's. 24 jamming. going on 47. That was. I mean, he looks 55, but that's just a whole other thing. Anyways. Um... God damn it. I'm losing it again. I had to redirect <laughs> Garrett on play by play, and I failed at that. And you guys are going to get <laughs> off on it. And, you know, I have to. I mean, again, if it's not me, it's fine. Solana. Have at it. Have fun. Steve, you're probably never going to be any of these meets anyway, so you're good. Um, but that was a good – that was a good – that was actually commentary oh. by Garrett Fear on the day. <laughs> 21 looking – 21 going on 38, and I'm like, Garrett knows all about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, that was a little drama stuff for an hour in. We can talk about the uh, rap female lifting, which I thought was fantastic. Whoop, whoop. Just as fantastic. And drama free. Drama free. Women apparently can just lift. Yeah. Just lift to a standard, too. And they have a high standard, just like Leflar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, Leflar Bros has the best powerlifting merchandise in the sport, hands down. One of the men who competed, Delco Jesus, shoe on Joe Jackson, looked fantastic in the comp tee. He was not wearing the deadlift socks. I don't think they fit him because he's such a large human being. But. Left floor bros and make you look good from head to toe. I'm wearing the dad hat right now. They got a ton of t-shirts. They got some tank tops. They got some joggers. They got the I'm, deadlift socks. I'm wearing good. their new release bra. Yeah. Great support. Oh, really yes. helped my bench press today. Fantastic. Yeah, Steve, you're definitely going to need that. But that sports bra is looking fantastic. Um, very good look to it. Use promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money. Use Solana15. Use Orc15. Again, get three separate things. Head torso legs and use three separate promo code you're not going to regret it and four also, four separate things since we have undergarments now oh yeah well yeah okay that makes sense i don't know the female body uh, it's, oh. it's a mystery to me really? i don't know what's going on yeah that's so sad yeah i, I took the bras as being uh non-gender specific oh okay no it's not you can still wear it you get a little jiggle going anyway so you need to you know i do you need to you need the novi to man boobs it runs in the family it does. <laughs> Evidently, it does. But remember, use those promo codes. Um, also, follow them on Instagram. The Leflar Bros family is growing, and they continue to release really awesome uh, new graphics, and they're going to release something really soon. I saw the looks of it. It's looking great. Every single time they drop something, it's a hit. Make sure you go on leftlarbros.com. Use that promo code 2WL15. To now to the female lifters. And, yeah, we just saw some fantastic lifting from the uh, rep side on the females. Uh, Chrissy Hawkins having the highest dots of the day. I think the second time at 700 dots. 705. She had 704. Just missed out, just missed out on uh, 
on uh, Mariana's. Very, very close. Um, I think that third day, she was going 622, I think maybe that was to pull her into the 709 or whatever. It was, yeah, but yeah, huge. Yeah, it was a massive meet from her, and I mean, you expect nothing less. Chrissy Hawkins coming off that bicep tear injury, going out there and putting up an insane dots. And I, I mean, at 41 years of age, continues to do it, was on pretty much all of our GOAT lists, at least on our draft board. She's continuously... He is continuing to cement herself as a goat um, on the tested on the untested side for the female division. I think eventually she is going to pass that dots range, and yeah, it was a it was a fantastic performance from her. I think two mislifts for a day, three, no. three. Did he miss a bench? So, and, so it was still an incredible day, but it honestly wasn't a, like a perfect day from her by any means because mm-hmm. she missed all of her third attempts. Like, I think she, she jumped pretty good on her squat. So she likely could have taken a little lighter squat. Um, bench and deadlift, she only jumped five kilos. So I don't know if a lot more was there. So the fact is like, she still had the second highest dots all time on what was maybe not like her absolute best day she could have had, mm-hmm. which is insane. Yeah, I know. Roll record deadlift. And world record total deadlift was six eleven and total fifteen eighty seven. So wild. I have no I have no complaints on standard of lifting with her. I'm not gonna. I, we, we we don't need to uh, discuss anything about controversy there because everything was fantastic. Depth well, bench, deadlift, lockout, everything super solid. Um, I, I honestly think it, it's a really good debate now between her and Mariana because yeah. she has Mariana beat on the raw side by actually a, a, a nice little margin about a, a twelve dots points. Uh, and then she's only five points behind on the rap side. So I don't know. That, that's a, that's a fun little thing. I mean, I, I'm going to say, I would probably put Christy over Mariana because we've discussed before. Mariana's amazing, but I, I have question marks on some of the deadlifts she got, um, that were part of these records mm-hmm. where Christy, I don't have any questions on. Like when I'm looking at the, the numbers she's put up at the showdown last year, and then the, the American pro this year with the raw and the rap, I don't, I don't have any question marks. Like all of them are like, 100 percent the standard so I, I i think i'd honestly put her as the goat of female powerlifting on the untested side at this point you wouldn't get any harsh debates on my end from that especially with her just continuing to do it it happens in sports when you have a bit more of a recency bias you're going to err on the side of that lifter especially when we're at a or that athlete especially when we're at a young stage in powerlifting so um, I, there's more competitions for her. She's going to do something nutty on the raw side. She's going to be do, do something nutty on the rap side. This is why I like rap lifting is watching lifters like her. And also second place, Barbara Lee, Barbara as Lee. good as advertised, right? We were talking about how good she was looking in training, how she buries the hell out of a rap squat. So no issues on depth there. Uh, fantastic meet from her. Perfect day. Six Oh eight dots. She had the meat of her life. 153 pound PR total. Probably the breakout no, one, star of the meat. 149. 149? Yeah, I did not Oh, um, well, okay. I'm going back to 2019. I'm going to her last meet, I should say. So the last meet, 2022, she she PR'd her total. She, or she was 153 pounds, but yeah, 149 from her actual best rap meet back in 2019. But yeah, and massive when- day from her. Yeah, and what's crazy is, like, when I had her on a podcast a year ago, like, she was so scared of even squatting because she had that horrible injury, had to get surgery, and was out for, like, six months. 
And so for her to come back from like the fear of even being in wraps and squatting and like have this massive PR, go nine for nine, blow every PR at the water for squat bench and deadlift, like this is massive for her. I was so excited. Oh yeah. It was it was a pleasure to watch her compete. Someone who really, you know, does it well. You know, they do they compete well. We saw a breakup performance. Sometimes we see those gym lifts and they look great, and then on the platform it's a completely different story. Not her. She absolutely killed it and it was uh fantastic meet from her. Steve, you said potentially breakout meet. I am actually gonna disagree with you. Angelina Bennett, someone that we did not have really into the top three conversation. I think some of us picked did, did someone pick Angelina Bennett to be top three? No. I did not expect her to get a six hundred dots. That's for damn sure. Fantastic lifter, Angelina. She does all these big meets, but it's a person I think it's... You kind of saw the evolution of her meet to meet. You saw some mislifts. There were big meets. Still someone trying to understand the sport. And similar to Barbara Lee, this was what happens when you put all of your lifts on the platform. Eight for nine day, 602 dots. Looked fantastic, with the execution on all of her lifts. Um, again, if you look at open powerlifting, if you watch, I think the first time I saw her compete was uh, the showdown, and there were some mislifts, some big mislifts, and the same thing with hybrid. Mislifts. Hit eight lifts um, at the American Pro and 600 dots. That's To me, that's my breakout performer. I still have yeah. Barbara as the breakout because the per, like the amount she's added, but the most overlooked, I would hundred percent agree. Mm-hmm. And I, there's an there's definitely an argument for Angelina. I'm not discrediting that, but hundred yeah, percent most overlooked you, that we did not talk about was Angelina Bennett. Yeah, when you start arguing about breakout performers and overlooked, you're arguing about things that are like statistically not really able to prove. So yes. if you are ever in a conversation of breakout performer and argument. It's always compliments. That's actually one of the best conversations to be in is a debate between who is the breakout performer. Hell, you could give it to both of them, right? Unbelievable meet on her end. And yeah, just a massive, massive breakout performance and excited to see what she does. I know she's a skilled raw lifter. I don't know how many lifts or meets she's done wrapped. She's done a few in WRPF or WRPF, not WRPF, RPS, 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 my mistake. Four. Four. Four of them? Yes. Yeah, so I would like to see for wrapped, because this is a good example of wrap lifting, right? Like, I think Naomi, Chrissy, Barbara, Angelina, they do a good job with it. I would like to see what the current was, where it was just a wrapped meet, and that was the meet. You might not see a great standard of lifting, but as long as you red light people and have them bomb out, I'm okay with it. I'm okay. The problem with multiplay lifting <laughs> They're fucking white lights all over the place for these high ass squats and these soft ass benches with no press command. That's my problem with it. I'm still a I'm still a person who enjoys a rap meet because if you red light them, I'm cool with it. And the women's side was much better standard, but that makes sense because women don't have the same ego that the the wrapped men tend to have in the sense of uh, I have to squat a thousand pounds regardless of the, the standard it is or. So on and so forth. Yeah. Because like if you're looking at Angelina, Barbara, and Christy, um, Naomi too, even though Naomi didn't have a great meet, like I don't have any arguments against the standard of their lifting. It was it was just it was a matter great. like Naomi didn't have a great meet up based off strength. Angelina, Barbara, 
had near perfect meets. Christy uh, on the meat on the lift, she hit near perfect execution. Just strength wasn't there for those thirds. Just a lot better standard of lifting from the women's side. Yeah, well, I want to bring this up because it's in my notes. One of the very few notes that I took. And you I'm have gonna... notes? I'm about to say, wait, the what? This one. Uh, wow. <laughs> post-it note. <laughs> oh, my God. Post-it note. Post-it note. Uh, this, for day one, arguably the worst attempt selections I've ever seen. I was, scra- me and Garrett were scratching our heads seeing some attempt selections, and I think it just goes to more so, there's no weight class battles. That's why you're just seeing people jump 25 kilos on a deadlift where they RP 10 their opener. Like, I think that's it. Like, they just want to hit a total no matter what. They just want to hit a PR. They want to hit something. And that's where you get the attempt selection. Because I was watching the meet, and I'm like, I have never seen this attempt selection before. It is bad from, you know, a lot of the day one lifters. But then I just kind of realized, like, maybe it's just because... We're used to weight class battles and actually weight class, weight class, winning your weight class means something. You know, it's either a pipeline of worlds or it means, you know, some recognition or accolade. In their case, it's not. This is a conversation. Good. Okay. It's 100% that. Plus, there is still delusion on the untested side that you're going to magically get this, like, incredible taper and squat 15 kilos more than you ever have in your life. And then they like, look at the, the, the tested side and think like, why are these guys hitting 15 kilos more? Tell me like hardly anyone at this meet that hit like 15 kilos more on the platform than they did like in training. Like most of them hit less because that's how peaking works. Like you don't tend to hit that much. You don't, you're not going to get this like massive super compensation that these people think they do. And they, they plan attempts that they're going to, take their maxes on their seconds and magically think they're going to hit 105% on their thirds. And then it never happens. And they miss their seconds because you can't always hit 100% if you don't nail it. And you're doing a, a 6% body weight cut. Yeah. Yeah. I always look at the on test side. I think to myself, like, okay, they must think this way. You have three chances to get something on the board. Like that's what it is. Three chances to try to get something on there. Mm-hmm. Like you're throwing a dart and you pray to God that <laughs> you get one. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why do we keep throwing darts? Yeah, I, yeah, that's, it kind of, it just does, like, I just do get reminded sometimes it's just a different type of way of competing, like, and I did, yeah, and I think that uh, mindset does happen more so on the untested side where they think you're just, on meet day, you're just going to be magically 10 kilos stronger than you actually are. I mean, I think some people get a little bit of advantage when they get those smelling salts, only though if it's obsidian smelling salts. Ladies and gentlemen, go to HypeDust.com and use promo code 2WL15 for obsidian ammonia smelling salts. Remember, they have ranges on how strong their smelling salts are. Steve has them. Are we going to make make him do it today? He's got all three. Do it all Should at I once. Yes. All of them at once. All of them at yes. once. once. All at once. Oh, at once. Or I can just tell the story. I actually, I, I don't even need to sniff him today. I can tell the story of what I did. This, I want, here's no. a good one. I still want that one. I still want you to do it all at once. Okay. But do all the story. I don't want. All at once. Do it while you're telling the story. Yes, you better. That won't happen. Exactly. Because we just want to see you sniff it. <laughs> okay, I'm doing it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> yeah, it was so I, far from I your can I can actually tell the nose bleach, which is on the left side, hit the hardest because it went into that left nostril. Yeah, that's what so, you should do. Whatever uh, hits the hardest, we, we were having a party at our left. house, and a bunch of guys were over, uh, and 
this is like the third or fourth time that they've decided after they've had a couple of drinks that they want to have a bench off. So they had a bench off and then they're like, oh, we should do some ammonia. I was like, funny enough, my podcast sponsored by ammonia. Let me go grab one. No, I didn't grab the, the nicer, easier one. I had to grab the nose bleach and I gave it to them. Um, and they almost died because they, they they had no idea what to do. They just put it straight yeah. up their nose and I love it. sniffed it as hard as they could. And they, I legitimately almost died because they, because I'm irresponsible and maybe had a couple of drinks myself and wanted, I should have gotten video. That would have been a good video. Yeah. We uh, but we I, I wanted to, to mess with them. So I did because they died. All right. Well, if you want to pull pranks on your friends as well with obsidian ammonia smelling salts, you can use promo code 2WL15. It's the best smelling salt. So many smelling salts I was seeing on the platform. The tour cam was looking good. I mean, obsidian ammonia, a lot of the containers were there, and it speaks for itself. And remember, they do range in strength, so you can get a lot there. Steve's favorite is the inhaler. I like just your regular menthol, but I only take it for two deadlifts, so... Make sure you are using that promo code 2WL15. All right, day two time, raw lifting. Men or women? Um, women. Let's start with women, yeah, because we started with men yes. earlier, and we talked a lot about them. Steve, let's talk about who you said be the breakout performer. You don't want to be the wrong second of history. You said Kiara Aston would be amazing. <laughs> How should you, Steve? Didn't show up because that's the untested side, and that's why hashtag bad journalism became a thing. And that's, that's why we have so we many preview shows, fucking graphics. We preview we can't shows, post. And people don't show up. We can't yeah, post I any graphics. I, I'm so sick of putting up graphics for untested meets because poor it's CB at this time. <laughs> we have someone else do the graphic. We tell CB Leflar to do the graphics, and he you know does a fantastic job with them. And then we're just like. Yeah, our entire Google Sheet doesn't make any sense, so just <laughs> try to work around it. I don't know. It's so much so much effort on his end. But yeah, that's uh, so yeah, Kiara, I'll never pick you again because of this. I don't Anywho, think I don't think she's listening. She has some great people. I don't think she's listening. Oh no, she's not. I don't think she cares <laughs> enough about that to uh to, to listen, so yeah, we we still saw we still got our good uh you know raw lifting on the day from the female side. Yes, we had Yelena, who we did all talk about. Um, we all oh no, Steve didn't have her first, but was, me and Angela had first place, and she delivered. She had a great meet. Do you want to? All right, do you want to hear something bad? I don't know if this I could even say this. I did not even notice Kiras and didn't show up. I didn't notice. That's at all. okay. I didn't notice, and I was commentating. But that's fair because you've never seen her before. Exactly. I was like, why is he? That was my thought. I'm like, is Elena uncontested on the day? I'm like, who did we talk about on the podcast? And then <laughs> I had to commentate other shit and I just completely forgot. Like, it completely washed over me. But yeah. Yeah, but she did end up with, you know, two all time PRs for herself. Uh, Elena, not here. Elena. She hit the squat at 374. She went two for three there. 242, no, 248 bench press, all-time PR for her. Hit 490 deadlift, went for 508. I didn't see the last deadlift. I don't know how that went. She just, like, not budget. It might have been cut off. That's okay. It could have been. It was but. hard to. So, yeah, for me, I was not commentating that. We actually had uh, me and Garrett comment C and D flights for the entire day, so I missed all of A and B commentary-wise. But if you're watching a live meet, people come to talk to you. And it was really hard to keep track of the entire meet throughout the day. Um, and then from my understanding, like the live stream did go down on certain deadlifts. 
especially flights okay. A and B. Okay. Well, Steve, I said overall, you and I had a great day before I move on to second place. Yeah, I mean, she was about right where we expected. Well, we, we didn't know what to expect since she doesn't post, but that was pretty much in line with her, her PR total. I mean, it was a little bit less, I think, PR total-wise uh, than what she did at Ghost Clash, but right in line. Uh, she, she pretty much, she fairly easily won that. I think the one that we underrated was Tamara. Uh, mm-hmm. And... I don't know if this is purposeful, but like, I mean, I think we all agree when we looked at it, like she wasn't posting anything that would have told me she was hitting a PR squat and a PR deadlift. Like she must've been holding that close to her chest and not posting the social media um, because that was a little bit of a sneak attack. I was not expecting that. I figured because usually she posts all her lists. So I thought something was up and it just was going to be a subpar meet, but it was not. I mean, she had the best meet of her life and I believe weighed notably less too. Mm-hmm. I think she's down... Uh, I don't want to quote the exact. Uh, she didn't weigh less than Ghost, so she actually went up and weight a little bit, but still had a huge meet. She down, but down, down, down from the showdown. Yeah, she oh. went down five pounds from showdown. Okay. But I, overall, though, like she had the heaviest squat of the day mm-hmm. with six hundred pounds, and I was so excited to see that six hundred because she really sunk it. And I was like on the third attempt and like the second, obviously she didn't sink it. And I was like, oh no, here we go. Cause like she had this issue at the ghost clash mm-hmm. where she nearly bombed out. So for her to come back and sink it so low that I was like from the front, I was like, that was so clear. I was like, thank God her standards went up so much higher. And I just set her up for such a good day. And mm-hmm. then all time world record woman's deadlift, heaviest deadlift ever, 639. Now I feel, and I'm surprised to say this, I kind of thought the second attempt was fine. I actually would have given it a white. Am I off? I I red-lighted it as soon as I saw it. I thought she cleaned it up on her third. Um, so, so going back to her training footage, I actually thought she was going to have a solid meet because she. I think she was posting a point that she was getting depth with her squat, um, which was an issue for a ghost. So when she got her depth, it, it's hard for you know it's hard for uh, her to get depth. Six, uh, 600, third attempt, I thought was beautifully done. I also think occasionally on deadlift, she hitches quite a bit. So the training footage she did show, she did like a 300 kilo pull. It was hitch. It would not count in any competition. So it's like, wonder how these deadlifts are going to turn out when you get kilo plates in a Kabuki deadlift bar. And I thought the second one, there was some up and down movement. I thought a little bit of a soft lockout. I wouldn't have been surprised if they red-lighted her third. I don't think there was enough there for me to red-light. I don't know if you guys want to watch a replay of it. Um, I saw potentially some resting on the thighs there and a potential of some up-and-down movement, but I thought it was cleaned up enough where she earned herself a white light. But I saw the second deadlift, and I was like, okay. I probably would have red-lighted it too based on the footage I saw. And with you mentioning the third deadlift, if anything, I would have said I was more questioning in third. Like, it moved well, a little bit of resting, maybe. But there's a part of me that's like, well, they just get kind of stuck because, honestly, like, when you have, like, bigger thighs, like, mm-hmm. that can just happen. I think and that's I'm what like, causes it. did it get stuck it. or did it rest? I'm like, yeah. So I was, I was happy she that's, got it. That's what ca- I think that's what causes a potential up and down is just that. It, it happens to me on occasion, too, with just my hand opening up. If it hits my quad a little bit, my hand opens up a bit, and you can get a soft lockout from me on that. So... I think that's, I think that is uh, one of the sources of our problems. But you know, that's 
going to be a uh, a common problem with super heavy lifters. They're just going to have that. So, um, I but I thought it was a a very good meet in comparison to Ghost. Uh, really struggled at Ghost. Potentially should have bombed. Really good rebound there and able to get second place. I think that's and re, and the lifts there he hit were massive. I mean, these were the massive lifts that we were expecting at Ghost and got at this meet. Yeah, hundred percent. Like even her deadlift, she went up seventeen pounds. Like that's a big increase. I mean, that's I meant bench press. That's a deadlift. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just overall great meet from her. Was super happy to see it. She was so excited after. Oh my god, I love how they zoomed in. Biggest, she was jumping on people. Biggest, uh, yeah, I think biggest uh, fan base there too. Raw the second oh day, god. second uh, second day raw lifting. The crowd was lit from nine o'clock to about four o'clock. And you do not get that at a lot of powerlifting meets. They were they were into it the entire time. All right. And we also had a surprise at third place with Marissa Wilson. Really good meet from her. Um, again, we weren't expecting that because I think we had uh, Kira Aston out there kind of getting with third, but a... And Chloe Lansing. And Chloe, yeah. yeah. Oh, there was two. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what we saw, I mean, a, a fantastic meet. Also, another lifter who had a shit ton of people in the crowd supporting her. And then when you see that, you start to pay attention a little bit more to the lifts. And she did a fantastic job. Um, definitely a fan favorite of the day and got herself into third, I believe, with a 519 dots. Yeah. Yes. Pretty big PR and- total, too. 50, 55 pound PR total. Mm-hmm. And really, all- what and she he- did just. Yeah. Over what she did just like two months ago, too. At Drug Test and National Championships. Yeah. So there's, there's... And I will say, it's nice to see nine for nine. It's just nice to see I was, I was about to say, too, it was a perfect meet from her. Um, I was actually able to see a lot of her lifts and things were called appropriately, and she executed them beautifully. So able to find herself into top three position here. Difficult meet to get yourself into that top three position. Um, and then... I. We can we can move on to the men's side unless you guys have anything else to add. So nope, that's about it. The men's it's side, not, though, where do we even start? The the <laughs> right, like where? where well, do we I was go just gonna this? say we had we had some fantastic women's performances, and it's not to like discredit, but it just wasn't as deep. Like I mean, there was there was one what oh, one flight both days Steve. of women versus three flights of men. We just didn't have as many women competing in this. Hold, game. hold on, Steve. Are you sure you want to say that? Are you, are you sure? I do. I'm are going sure, to say. Are you it. sure you want to say that? All right. Okay. Yeah. Just just all right. Yeah, but yes, you're if, correct. if we move on to the men's side, where do we start here? Because we clear we have a clear best performance, which is the case with pretty much every raw untested meet ever. It's John Hack. But we had arguably one of the greatest lifts that we've seen in powerlifting with Dan Grisby. And also a fantastic performance from him. Then we had Jawan Garrison has some ties with the USAPL now. We can talk about that like you can throw a dart here. There, we, oh yeah, and uh, uh, also we saw we, a lot of smoke we, on the platform too. We saw, we saw, we we saw kind of you know was ca- we were coughing a little bit up in the commentators booth because Derek Thistlewaite was on the platform giving us all the smoke. <laughs> so oh it God. was. I think we'd be hypocrites if we didn't start with who had the best total, like based yeah. like who had the best meat. Yeah. Okay. Which was John, because that that's what it's about. It's not about singular lifts. We've talked about that. Mm-hmm. We talk about who's the best lifter, and. It's not even like close. It's John Hack, who just set the all-time highest dots of any male ever 
and he did it wrong. Wild. Yep. You have to go. You have to go down. Good lord, let me see. You have to go down to. What, interestingly enough, second place ever raw is Taylor Atwood. You have to go down uh, twelve places before you get to him after going through all the rap people. Um, yeah, Hacks just on a planet of his own. I mean, honestly, I, I think if someone I, I picked him in the goat draft, I would have picked him first overall, and it makes that pick look even better. Yeah. Um, and he honestly could have had even a better meet, but it sounded like on squat, like he kind of just knew he had this meat in the bag, and he kind of just took a reach to see if he could hit 804, which is a very possible number since he hit in training. But he could have, if he really just wanted to, he probably could have taken a little bit more of a conservative I, jump on his third, hit it, and had even a better meet. Could be bad journalism here. I think he messed up his knee because of that, though. Not messed up. He was wearing, uh, I think, his right knee. He was wearing a knee sleeve throughout bench press. Um, yeah, he did. He, he hurt his think, quad on that third attempt. Yeah, so, yeah. But, I mean, I guess if you're him, you can just try that shit out and see how it works for you. Like, cause you have it. I mean, yeah, you hit your first two, you hit your first two squats, your first two benches, you you win the meet. If you're John hack, no one else is coming close to you. So it turns into, you know, individual accolades and he just got, I don't know if it's the big of, biggest of his career at this point. I don't even know where to like put this in. To me, it is right. They have the highest well, this is the, this is the best time. This is the best performance ever. He's done, Overall. but it's, it's almost hard to like, you can't hype about it. Cause it's, yeah. You're so used to it. Mm-hmm. It's just that's what we expected. That's what he does. But he, that, I mean, it was the single greatest performance, arguably in powerlifting ever. I will take this. I, I will take this take to the grave. John Hack. If we want to like lead an episode with John Hack, it has to be because he bombed. Because we're so used to him being great, we it, we run out of things to talk about about uh, with, with him. I mean, he didn't wear the the, the light up shoes, which pretty much takes away like seventy five percent of what we're going to talk about with John Hack, <laughs> right? Like we got to see. We, Andy Wang did bring the red flag, so that was that was you know your uh, your uh, the showmanship of uh, Homelander. But I, yeah, um, unbelievable for me as a fan. I got to be up close and personal and watch John Hack lift. That was an incredible moment for me, especially his bench press. Um, I think of all the lists that are his, uh, of all of his lists, the best, uh, the best one is the bench press. And watching that up close in person was awesome. Um, I didn't have to commentate, didn't have to watch it on a monitor. I got kind of like backstage to get really close to it, and it was it was amazing. It was just as a fan watching the sport. Watching one of the people that you idolize since you really got started into it um, do John Hack things uh, was fantastic. That last deadlift was beautiful, too. I was really close to that one as well. Um, I think I was late commentating because he was, and I think he was uh, the last one on the flight. So I had to, I had to watch that in person um, to get that close to greatness. And also I saw him, I introduced myself as Steve Denovi. Um, he introduced himself as nice. Andy Huang, and I'm like, "Oh, you're not as huge an Asian <laughs> as I thought you were." He's like, "Yeah, it's, it's kind of a stereotype," and then he just walked away. So, also, it was perfect John Hack interaction. kept it kept it at one joke, and then that was it. It was four, and I didn't even try I'm to. Good. I didn't even try to fist bump this time. Yeah, I went right in I, for the professional I handshake. 
I don't have anything else to say. We can be short on this. It was the greatest. <laughs> I mean, undoubtedly to me, greatest performance ever on the untested side. If you want to argue tested versus untested, there may be a little more debate. But I'm just thinking, what yeah. if I led it with John Hack being overrated? Just come up with those hot takes and crazy. Like, you know what? I think John Hack's overrated. And then I just go into an Alex Jones rant about John Hack. Like, that's the only thing I could think of. Like, if we're going to talk about John Hack, I got to say some crazy shit about him. Um, because it's it almost gets repetitive talking about how good he is. Yeah. And I'll segue here. The fact is, hack. This is this is this is kind of what power things becoming, and it's what's popular, and it honestly is what is more mainstream. Hack had arguably the greatest performance ever, but I think what is going to be more remembered from this meet is Dan Griggs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't disagree with you on that one. Um, if you look at the crowd, too, that was one of the best shots I've ever got. Um, anyone who says powerlifting isn't a spectator sport, you're wrong and stupid. Because that was a spectator event. This, the amount of people there with their phones out and peering them on and that type of venue, it was packed. It was loud. It was electric. The atmosphere was unbelievable. And that, to me, is like this is this is the sign, right? It's a sign that powerlifting's growing. And his opener, too. I mean, <laughs> he opened 970 or 980? He opened at 980 pounds, right? Yep. Yep, 91. And he made it look like an opener. I mean, when you get into the opener range, like Jamal Browner, I think, has opened up. I remember when he was opening 900, there was still this thing like, he could miss this and he could bomb out of a meet because, you know, his hand might open up, um, the grip might not be there, the balance might not be there. So same thing, we're watching it like, he could bomb out, who knows, and he made it look like an opener. He made 982, which 972 when Jamal did it was the best lift in my opinion, in like powerlifting history. That was the best lift that I've seen. And now he's, that's something I could have not imagined that eventually someone is going to be opening up with that. And then his next attempt was smoked, looked fantastic. A little bit of a struggle on the third. Um, I have a few people with up and down motion. I'm looking at that closely. I don't see the bar going up and down. I saw up and down. I, I saw the shoulders is just locked. like, what? I saw it's, shoulders it, come unlocked. I the bar goes down. I, saw bar I didn't see down. the bar go down. Oh, the bar goes down. I'm going to say the bar, ve- the bar think very much goes. Even Garrett was saying how. So, Solana, go ahead and then I'll, I'll get into this. Cause it's just <laughs> well, you don't have hot. to worry about Garrett. Uh, or you don't have to worry about Dan Grisby, you know, pushing you across the room. He's a uh, very no. polite human being. <laughs> but... No, I was going to say, like, when it comes to this bar, I felt like. With that much weight, how could there not be so much whip at the top that there's some up and down? Like I felt like the the people had to see it or the referee saw it. And they're like, oh, it's inevitable, and then whatever. Well, like you know, just like well, so I felt. And that was Garrett's take, but I I don't agree with that being allowed. We shouldn't. I I think we all agree, and Garrett agrees, and a lot of people agree now. We should not be using the Kabuki bar. It does. Because I agree that at a certain point, you you may not be able to lift to standard on that bar because of the whip. I think that's why Blake had an issue. That's why Dan. Uh, let me say one thing real quick before I get hot on Dan's lift. If not as impressive as Dan's deadlift is that he is now a power lifter. He mm-hmm. put together a full meet. He yeah. put together, I think, the second well, best total all time at 275. Yeah, but he, that was an that unbelievable performance. Attempt, that third attempt was the no lift by powerlifting standards. It went yeah. down. 
100% it went down. I, I do not know if you can actually control that though. And that's the issue that I do not think we should be using a Kabuki bar when you viably may not be able to control a lockout with it. You don't need it. That was the thing. You don't need it. We didn't need it in powerlifting. And it does kind of add that conversation to it. Like, okay. And people, the, the you know, people in the know, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Kabuki deadlift bar and being like, okay, there's a different standard here. Because now that the Kabuki deadlift bar is using competition, we're seeing deadlifts, you know, executed at a much higher rate. I think Dan, with the way he deadlifts, and he has, like, the perfect build, perfect leverage just for powerlifting. I mean, he's a squat bench deadlift specialist, and he's got everything there is that you need to deadlift over 1,000 pounds. He can do that on a Texas deadlift bar. That's, that's a, I, I truly believe he can deadlift well over 1,000 pounds at a Texas deadlift bar. It just, it doesn't, I, I don't think the Kabuki bar is even needed. It kind of, it does, it, it's called the meme bar already. Let's not make more of a meme out of it, you know? Yeah, I, I am completely I'm totally against, against using yeah, a bar that we're going to have, if we're, we're going to have to change standards because of a bar, I am yeah. completely an entire, I, I think all of us already are stiff bar purists. I'd oh, rather yeah. just see everyone use a stiff bar in every federation, but if you're going to use a deadlift bar, do not use a bar that legitimately may need rule changes because you're, you're saying that like you cannot control a lockout with it at 1,074. And the way he yeah, deadlifts. Uh, continue, Solana. I was going to say, it just needs to be banned. Like, I, I despise this bar with all my heart. I After watching that meet, I was like, this bar is ridiculous. Like, I fully agree with you, Steve. Like, we have to change the rule book to keep the bar. It's just yeah, it's dude. one of those illogical things that happened in powerlifting that I don't understand. Like no one bitched about the deadlift bar ever unless it was like a what's it what's it it's a the Cerakote on it? Yeah. Yeah, the car the Cerakote one is bad. Yeah, like that, that one's the only complaint that makes sense. But like the regular Texas deadlift bar, no one really complained about the feel of it. No, it's just because Kabuki's paying for these bars to be used and they're sponsoring. Just these make events, it so like the fucking thing. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, their squat bar is great. Uh, the you know high reviews on the squat bar from everyone in attendance, but I think I also think that lifters just don't really enjoy it that much too. I think that's another thing. Uh, but Dan Grisby just performance as a whole from attempt one to ten because he took that massive attempt, um, and he's one of those guys you know you could put eleven hundred pounds on the bar for deadlift and like I think he could pull it. Like I, there's, there's things where I'm like, ah, uh, you know, it's, it's just a, it's a show attempt. He's doing it for an encore. I was watching him. Like, I really think he can do it because of just the way he deadlifts. He's got the, he's got everything you need. The leverage, which is the most important thing, the muscle on his frame. He's an absolute like super soldier build and he's got the technique. Um, and yeah, we did see it on squat and bench as well. A fantastic meet from him. Um, he's really, I think, turning into just one of my favorite people to watch from beginning to end in uh, the untested side of powerlifting because he's one of those lifters that makes things look effortless, and it's because of his technique and the way he uh, the way he approaches the craft of powerlifting is something to behold. I pitched this on a previous episode, and I'm going to say that I am 100% right. The the best meet we could ever hope for getting on ESPN because it would be the greatest spectacle of viewership and powerlifting would be if we did a deadlift only meet and we got Danny, we got Yuri, we got uh, 
we got Jamal, we got all the best deadlifters in one singular flight and everyone's deadlifting 900 plus. Mm -hmm. And it's a deadlift only event, biggest deadlift. That would be the single best thing that would, that would appeal to general population. Like if we could get that on ESPN, that would be what people would want to watch. You're right. That would be the most spectator friendly, uh, and most general population, uh, uh, I can't do the right word for it, but we need that. Mm. That would be incredible. Yeah. I mean, they're, I mean, it's not like they're not doing it. I granted in tonight guys, one to one thirty AM ESPN two baddest bench around the planet is going to be aired on ESPN, which I commentated. That was a single lift bench only meet multiply. I full, fully agree that a raw deadlift is more important than a multiply bench, even though there's some, there's some pretty crazy uh, danger element to a, a multiply bench over a thousand pounds. I agree with that, but it's more aesthetically pleasing. It's more understandable. I had to explain the bench press, like as I was commentating. You don't really have to explain things with going up. One thing that's cool about deadlift too is it's not entirely weight class dependent. Mm-hmm. Like total, like dots. You have to use dots because total is weight class dependent. Deadlift kind of isn't. Once you get to a certain point, like deadlifts actually go down if you get too much. I mean, Dan Bell's one of the few guys that deadlift close to 900 that's in the super heavyweight. So that's why that meet would work so well because you don't need weight classes, just deadlift the most weight. And it would be a fairly fair meet. No weight classes, just pull it. I don't know. Yeah. Someone needs to make that happen. It'd be an hour long. Digital needs to produce, produce. Yeah. It'd be an hour long. It would be perfect for ESPN. Perfect. With what bar? Texas. A Texas deadlift or Ohio deadlift, just not kabuki. You know what I found out? Please, Ohio dear God, deadlift bar is essentially a Texas power bar. A what? Uh, Ohio deadlift bar is essentially a Texas power bar. I've I've deadlifted yeah, not- on both those two things, and I'm like, they're they're the same thing. <laughs> like you get the same amount of whip out of them. Just a little, I don't know, just uh, just FYI. But I was like, the Ohio deadlift bar is, you know very close to being a, uh, a, a power bar, but I agree with you. Um, I mean, and also just with the deadlifters that day, I mean, if you're going to do that, Liam Newell one, I didn't, I forgot how he looked, I guess. I just look at him like, how the hell do you deadlift in the mid eights? I know 19, the, the high school letterman is making the people on the untested side look bad. As far as deadlift goes, like he, yeah, his his deadlift is nutty, and it looks like that's his focus right now. Is just keep on putting pounds on that deadlift. Johnny Coffin's another one of those big deadlifters. Yeah, you can just take all the deadlifters on day two, you know, compile that, and have something great to put on ESPN. Um, it, it just it'll I and also the phones come out, people come out to see the deadlift, even with guys who are not named John Hack. Or Dan Grizzly. It's the single is easiest lift to understand for anyone too. Yeah, you, pick you can the bar explain up, and you up and down, down really easy. If there's up and down motion, it's no lift. If there's soft knees, there's yeah. a no lift. If there's soft soldiers, no lift. You can explain that easy. Like I don't know, squat depth. I mean, bench range of motion. It, it, it's difficult. Um, yeah. But yeah, that day had some monster deadlifters, some tested lifters, some untested lifters. People were viewing it, and it was just a. Uh, an unbelievable uh, deadlift day. Who's the next? Li- are we going to talk about? Well, I think we, we immediately. Really? Well, I don't know. I don't I'm think smelling. we say Juan yet because if yeah, we're talking. If we're, 
I don't know. So I, I think, think my that's... mixer's overheating because I'm smelling some smoke. Are you guys smelling some smoke? Because Derek, this <laughs> you guys are skipping. No, there's zero smoke. Anyways, no. We... <laughs> get no I am. I am stop. No, I am stopping this because he is criminally underrated. He is. And we're talking about I know Danny you're talking Grigsby, about. and he lost <laughs> yeah. to Zach Myers. Zach Myers isn't getting enough credit as Annie Wang either. I think because Andy had a fantastic nine for nine day and got his um a uh, thousand kg total. Zach Myers won the weight class, and Dan Grisby pulled 1,070 pounds, and Zach Myers still won on a off day. He had a, he had yeah, a bad Yeah, it wasn't meet. a great day. Five for eight, mm-hmm. was it? It wasn't a great day. I mean, if he had a better day, he would have gapped it and probably beat Jawan. Like, he, he almost beat Jawan, which here goes back to the weight class thing, is he got a chance to pull to beat Jawan, and I actually think he may have misloaded. I don't... Uh, I, I, I take that back. I don't want to say that because I don't have the numbers in front of me. seems like he may have jumped a bit too much if he was looking at actually beating Jawan because he could have put on the bar. But either way, um, Zach on either possibly a subpar day still set the all-time world record for 275, still is arguably the 270, not arguably, he is the 275 GOAT. I think Dan Grigsby's hot on his tail now. Um, that will be, a, that would be a very fun battle to watch, continue to develop over the next coming years. But Zach is Zach does not get enough hype at all. His six seventeen um, bench press was incredibly entertaining. Cause he looked like he just got mad at the weight and threw it off his chest. Cause he missed it on his second attempt. And it's like, Ooh, I don't know if he's going to come back and hit that on his third. And it was a smoke show, his third. And it just seemed like he's that strong where he just got annoyed at, uh, missing a second and he got it on his third. Yeah, I. This is a very good point. Somebody brought it up, like you know, just because of how the sport works and how we cover it and how other people view it. People with the big social media followings they get a little more coverage. I think Zach Myers is criminally underrated in the sense that in that day where Dan Grizzly pulls ten seventy and Annie Wang has this fantastic nine for nine meet, he still won by hitting five lifts. And he and one of the reasons too is he's just kind of a really good all around lifter. Very good all around lifter. He doesn't he doesn't kind of have a lift that just sticks out because most people that like either one, you gotta be John Hack and be John Hack, mm-hmm. or most people tend to get notoriety because they have a singular lift that really mm-hmm. sticks out. And Zach doesn't. They're just kind of all good. They're all kind of equally good. Yeah. He's like the powerlifter's power lifter, I think, too. Like if you're in the know of powerlifting, like Zach Myers like automatic Jake. respect. Jake Amendola with a deadlift. Yeah. No, per, yeah, great, great uh, comparison there. It's, yeah, he's like, what if, if Jake Amendola had a monster deadlift, that's, he, Jake would be like the best lifter in the USAPL. Like, it it would be no question. Um, yeah, I uh, I do agree. Criminally underrated. Second place, though. Second, jo- how are we not going to talk about Juwan? We are going to talk about Juwan. I was going to save it for last. Oh no, we want to do okay, Jawan Garrison now. Place. Okay, let's do. All right, talk about Jawan then. Jawan, this was first. this was the best I've seen him compete though. Uh, Jawan was excellent. Up, up and down with meets, the weight cut seemed to go well. Um, things were looking good. I he, I think the 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 thing that always circles him, and it could be my fault, is I want to see his ass in the USAPL. Of course. It, it, I, I say it on all the uh, the two white lights, and then people kind of like, you know, go there and ask him the same things. It's just like I see it, I'm like, okay, 
you're not going to beat Hack. You got second place at a fucking stacked meet. He executed his meets per- uh, beautifully. His squat was unbelievably good. Um, he fu- seven sixty one more record. Hit a goddamn home run with that squat. It was just it was great, excellent. So he hit a home run with that squat. Um, his bench press, I believe, he failed his third attempt. Uh, but it's gonna be yep. it's gonna be really hard for him to to get into that five hundred range after the seven fifty squat, especially with the weight cut. It's just an incredibly hard thing to do. So typically, I could kind of see him miss his third as long as he gets that really solid second attempt. He's gonna be in good position. The lift that he struggles with, deadlift. He's up over 700 now. He's attempting big weights. That's really important because, I mean, talking to him for a long time, he was just, like, struggling with getting to 700. So now that he's in the 700 range, that's a great sign for him. Um, but the question always looms, is he going to the USAPL? He told everyone in attendance that day he's going to the USAPL, and he told me twice because, of course, I asked him twice. So <laughs> he told me twice that he's doing it. He says he's going to do a local meet in Alabama and then Nationals. That's okay. the plan. Let's see, Juwan. We are going. I it. hope it's true. He's been saying it for two years. I hope he does it, but also I'm going to say I'll, I'll believe it when I see it because we've been hearing this for two years now. And really him doing a local meet in, I think it's Montgomery, Alabama. There's going to be a lot of eyes on that meet. I don't know. I don't know how USAPL Alabama operates, but whoever's running that meet, please get a live stream for it. Because I need to see that. I need. To, I don't know the date. I mean, we got a lot oh, of time from now. Nationals, right? So it, it, September. There's September 24th. There's a meet. That is the only meet in Alabama for the entire year. Okay. I mean, that'll be a whole year, right? We'll do it next year. <laughs> we have well, it could be. Year. I mean, I'm saying this year, the only meet this year on the calendar, September 24th in Alabama. Because I figured there's not very meet, many meets in Alabama. He's going to have slim pickings there. Well, because, yeah, exactly. So I want to, like, if you're viewing that meet, it's going to, it's, everything's going to be highly looked at. How he executes. It could be a sandbag meet. But if he sandbags an 805, 810 total, and makes it look like RP 8s and 9s, like, holy shit, mm-hmm. we have something here. Because people are starting the comparisons between him and Russ. That's unfair. Comparing him to Russ, I expect it. He's a drug-tested lifter. I expect the comparisons to be there. I just find at this point it to be unfair to compare the two because he's not tested regularly. Like, you can say that about a whole lot of other lifters, right, who are not tested regularly. Like, I would like to see the comparisons when there's an out-of-meat testing pool for Jawan, and that's why I want him in the USAPL, so you can get that. When you get that, you can compete freely in other federations, and you are, now you have the most free. You have the, you have the best freedom in the world now, because we're not affiliated with the IPF. So you can compete WRPF, USPA, all these big meets that he loves to compete at, and at the same time still be in the registered testing pool for the USAPL, and you can have your cake and eat it too. But I just think right now it's like it's just way too premature to do like Jawan and Russ. We have to see that local meet. That would really give us an idea where it's at. I just want to see, yep, I also want to see it come over, do a USAPL meet. We'll take it from there. We'll take it from there. The time is now, Joan. Come over. <laughs> yeah. I'm anticipating it. I'm also anticipating Stoic having some fantastic drops in the near future. I got some information 
Stoic is going to be dropping a whole lot of stuff in this next year, but in the meantime, you guys got to get the best knee sleeve, singlet, wrist wraps, belt in powerlifting. I wear Stoic gear in the gym and on the platform because it is the best. It is affordable as well. You're not just paying for a logo. You're paying for quality. Use promo code ANGELO10 to make these affordable knee sleeves, wrist wraps, singlets, belts even more affordable. Also, they just dropped some shorts. They're ex they're so comfy. Fantastic to squat in. Fantastic looking. It's Hoochie Daddy season. They're Hoochie Daddy approved shorts. Use that promo code ANGELO10 to save yourself some money. All right. Can we finally acknowledge the fire alarms that are going off in my building? Because I guess you're allowed to. Home. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> <laughs> You're, uh, can, can we talk to her about Derek Thistlewit? Can the, no. are, are we bleeping it this time? Did, did they, no, did the listeners even know? Redacted, redacted, I think we have to bleep this for all for all times now. That needs to be a thing that we always bleep it. It's so hard to edit. It's so lazy. <laughs> yeah, oh I know, right? It's hard to edit though. Do the little, do one. the little buzzer then. I, I don't. There's no buzzer. What do you mean? Do you have a little bleep buzzer? No, I actually still I I of all the things they gave me on the Roadcaster Pro, they didn't give me a bleep one. They gave me this one. What the fuck am wow. I gonna do with that one? They gave me this, which is good. We can use that when Steve says something. And I can't even hear that one. I don't know what happened. And they give me a scary one. I don't know. They didn't give me a bleep one. It would have been a lot easier. But I'll just okay. refer to him as redacted. Redacted had himself a fantastic meet. I was a little bit worried because Redacted has never competed outside of the state of Texas. So I was like, oh, this meet can go south potentially, but he took Jamal Browner's all-time world record total. Um, a lot of people had their eyes on Derek this way as competing. Um, and also, what we said about him on the podcast as far as his deadlift lockout being suspect, his opener lost balance on it, and he was able to actually come back and hit that on his second. So... No, he increased the weight on a second. Hit. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Not, I mean, underrated too with Derek. He's only twenty-two. I mean, of the top twenty-five lifters of this meet, he's he's the youngest by over two years. Mm -hmm. He's a young dude. Yeah, he looks older one because he's on the untested side, probably. He looks older, uh, but that mustache when he shaves it, he kind of does look his age almost. He had, he had probably he has the ch most Chad face ever when he shaves his mustache. Seriously, have you guys seen it? Chad, no, like what's a Chad face. I, how do I describe this? Very yeah. strong uh -huh. jaw. Very high school, uh, quarterback looking face. Giga have you not Chad. seen the, the memes the Chad? of Chad face? How are you? On There's the a guy who's the poster child of it. Yeah. Well, no. No, have you ever seen the like the super pronounced jawline uh like face filters? Yes. That's that's oh, the Chad. Chad. Yeah, Kika Chad. Okay. Yeah. That have you ever seen that? Oh. Yeah. Okay. That's yes. Giga, that's Giga Chad. Yeah. So when he Got shaves it. his uh his oil tycoon mustache, he looks like Giga Chad. Okay. He looks like he also he reminds me of Latimer on uh on the program if you guys ever seen that movie, but yeah uh. 22 years old, young, took Jamal Browner's all-time world record. Talking a lot of shit, doing it too, which is uh, which is something he does. And apparently, it's not exactly well received. 
who would have thought, you know, when you're insulting the people, it's not well received on um, all ends. But yeah, as it stands right now, the strongest man or the strongest uh, 275er in Houston is Derek Thistleweight. A little bit of a rivalry forming and between him and, him and Jamal Browner. He came with a mission, you know, to get the second squat, scratch the third. He was like, I don't even need it. He got the two out of three benches. He came with the first deadlift. He skipped it anyways. He was like, I don't even care. Like, we're going up. I have to get it. Mm-hmm. Got it. I thought he was going to scratch after the second deadlift, but he did not. But still. Now, you put on a show at that point. Um, yeah, he bowed to the crowd. It was a great performance by him. And, yeah, I thought potentially, like, the potentially the travel, maybe the moment could rattle him. But he was calm, cool, collected the entire day, handled it. Yeah, I, I, I should, I shouldn't be surprised, uh, be based on his personality, but he handled it very well. I'm just happy that the American Pro didn't kick him out for memeing Joe Sullivan. Well, he didn't do it. This <laughs> oh time. my god! Oh, I don't think, I don't think it would have mattered on the WRPF side at this point. Well, the showdown, the showdown was WRPF last year. It was. You're saying it, but it was still, uh, uh, it was still the, the, the. I guess the relationship was good then. I, I just, I, I'm still just wondering, like, how a meme gets you kicked out of a meet because you offend a singular person. I mean, we don't have the. Uh, <laughs> we can go back in the time machine and recollect in that episode, but we didn't understand it then, and I'm not going to understand it now. But uh, it was a meme. I mean, we had to bleep his goddamn name out, so it was a meme-free lead up to the. I, I guess that was a good strategy, right? If you don't know that, if no one knows that you're doing the meet, you can't get kicked out of it. So that was uh, if he if he just if no one knew he was doing the showdown last year and he just kept memeing Joe Sullivan and a breath belt, he probably would have still been in the meet. You can't kick someone out of a meet that's they're true. not in. That's possible. I think he's learning from his mistakes. I don't think he qualifies it as a mistake. I think he definitely wore that one. But yeah, great meet from him. Um, excited to see what he does. Jamal Browner, I I'm going to probably I, I'm going to assume or bet on it at least that he's going to break that all time world record again when the showdown rolls around in September, but hell you got, you got a couple months there to enjoy it, Derek or redacted. I'm sorry. Bleep. I think Derek kind of alluded to that too. Like he's, I mean, congrats to him. And I mean, he's obviously should be very proud of that performance. He kind of on his story today was kind of alluding to like when, when Jamal wants to put together the total, he probably can do it. It's, (laughs) It's just a matter of like Jamal has, prioritize deadlift over the total, which we, we talked to Jamal. You maybe talked to him or we've heard through it. Is that like, I mean, the fact of the matter is that like Jamal's deadlift earns him more money than his total. Mm-hmm. And that was for such yeah. a long time. People didn't acknowledge how good of a total he has. It's a, he's, he had the best 275 total until Derek took it. And I could safely bet that Jamal can't take that total again. It's going to be a different situation and- though with Jamal and the deadlift though, right? Talking about numbers that yeah, I think so because Dan might be one of the best things that happened to Jamal's overall total because I mean, it was the goal to be the first to deadlift a thousand. Now that Dan did that, I'm sure Jamal wants to deadlift a thousand, but he I think overall now he can he can worry more about what can I total versus a singular lift a bit more. So I'm mm-hmm. excited to see that. It's, it's, it's my least thought of kind of how he's going to approach it. Yeah, agreed. Anything else from uh, day t- um, day two? I mean, it's raw, so I'm biased. Break Stevens, yeah. Break breakout mate. That was the one other person I wanted to point out. Um, I think he got fourth. 
I think he got fourth, mm-hmm. third, six. fifth, fifth, six. So six. So we had and half yes. and raw. I'm trying to. I'm yes. trying to do this it's with all hack. the intermix. Hack. Yes, it's Hack, Jawan, Zach, Zach Myers, right? And Derek Drake. Six. Yeah, six. Okay. Yeah. Uh, also, we kind of skipped over him. He he does. He's private, so there's not much hype behind him. But obviously, he got what fourth. Malik Dernstein. Yeah, raps, on the the rap side. So strong. I, I don't want. I I honestly I didn't get to see many of his lists, so I can't comment. He much, got. But I yeah, don't want to. He got lost the in the controversy. About him and Drake. He got lost in the controversy. But, really, like it. Like it was such a controversial day that Malik got lost in it. Um. Yeah. So unbelievably strong, and uh, also I. Again, just looking at the raw, Ronell Leftwich, love watching him lift. Just looks so good out there. Left to uh lifted to a standard that you know it it looked yeah, I, I'm I'm just a um Ronell fan. I mean wrapped, I, I apologize. That day one wrapped. Again, gets lost in the controversy, lost in the fray. He was lifting the comp standard and it was fantastic to watch. So I mean Malik, I'm looking at this. Malik could have won. Yeah. If Andrew and Blake bomb out. Chad's second is on depth. Malik wins. Yeah, I mean, th- that day had the best head-to-head battles and a lot of possibilities of what can happen. It was just kind of lost in the whole fiasco that was the judging and the aftermath that took place. But I will say on Micah's end, they fixed it day two. I got to give him credit. Got to give everyone credit there. Micah Marino ran a fantastic meet. Um, a one digital, of course, did a fantastic job with the live stream. Um, also I just had a fantastic time, you know, just being there at the meet. Um, I guess the biggest breakthrough in the meet for me is I talked to Nabil in person and I don't want to kick him across the room as much. He is such a fucking sweet kid. And I knew it was going to happen. I knew he was going to be really nice and I knew he was going to be very genuine and funny. And I'm like, God damn it. I wanted to hate you and I can't bastard. That is the meanest thing someone could do to me. Be nice and actually make me regret saying mean things about, I don't regret it. Um, but Nabil knows what, what we say on two white lights and I got to give him credit. Cause he did just cheer on a bunch of people and was really supportive of everyone. He somehow still got in that video of Derek, uh, not Derek, uh, Andrew house and Garrett, like the whole thing, like Nabil was there front and center. I'm like, how do you do this? It's now a skill at this point. You get on every video. Um, and I'm like that one too. He got in that one too. It was amazing. I'm like, how the fuck did he get there? That's hilarious. Um, and he did try to sales pitch uh, me and Garrett on rugs and Garrett almost was into it. I was not, I'm still off, off of that. And same thing, Roman, he, Again, uh, people think like, uh, you, you know, you meet people. He is exactly how you would expect him to be in person as he is on t- social media. And he's still, you know, an entertaining guy to be around. And he's genuine. So I had to, I knew that was going to happen. I knew I was going to go to the meet with people I talked shit on Instagram. And then they were going to make me like them. So that's frustrating. Uh, other well, people, I, I, you, me- you mentioned that huge Asian guy, nine for nine, had a great day. Mm-hmm. Andy Huang. PR, I so. love Andy Huang uh, being referred to as that huge Asian guy because if you never watch powerlifting or know who he is and you're just commentating, I want to be someone else watching like the live stream commentaries. Like they just refer to that guy as that huge Asian guy. It's kind of, it's kind of blunt, yeah. I think. 
be be on uh, Tosh point oh on the is is that racist yeah, segment? Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, just always in a confusing thing. Like, should I refer to him as that huge Asian guy on the live stream commentary? Because there's going to be a lot of first time listeners tuning in here and being like, "That was mean." He could have called them Andy. That's his actual name, but yeah, that huge Asian guy. Um, also, just to really, it was a uh well executed meet from him and. Going, doing it for such a long time and still do, being able to do it at a high level, that is, I think, the main takeaway from his performance. Yes. I was muted. <laughs> I was so confused. My dogs were barking and I okay. muted Yeah, I, my dogs were barking, so I muted it. Solano, uh, and coming back it. from the injuries he did. Yes. And being able to be as competitive as he gets. Yeah, a lot of injuries. Um, Solano, you made it seem like you understood what Steve was talking. Like, oh, shit, am I going through the audio problem right now? So thanks for that. That was a big curveball. <laughs> I, was... I just nod my head and don't yeah, say anything. You, yeah, you were nodding and said yes. I'm like, what? I oh, no. I'm like, this is late into the podcast. We're going through audio problems. Um, anything else that we want to add for as the American Pro goes? I think we got pretty much everyone who should be mentioned. I hope. Eh, it's going to happen at these yeah. types of meets. If we don't mention you, we apologize. We still love you. Very true. No, I think that kind of wraps it up. We talked about the good, the bad, and the performances. And the ugly. That's it. And the ugly. And the ugly. And the, and the, and the children. Isn't that fantastic, though? This this type of meet, like, you're going on, and you got a little bit of everything. A little bit of, you got a little bit of a drama. You got some big single lifts. You got some big performances. Gave us a lot to talk about. Two hours. It did. I was about to say that. Two hours and like some change. Yep. That's what happens when you get uh, some recap episodes where a lot happened at a meet. So thank you again, uh, Micah and Anna, for having Two White Lights be a part of the American Pro. Uh, we are going to have another episode of Two White Lights very soon. We'll see you guys soon. Peace.